welcome back to episode two of Education Honestly. I'm Shanna. And I'm Claire. So today we have been talking as we do every day. Um, and one of the conversations that we came up with was how are we going to 2.0 or innovate to some of the new challenges of returning to a classroom in a COVID world? Um, there's gonna be lots of change, but how do we manage it? And how do we get creative? Claire, what are some of the things you're thinking of? Well, one of my biggest concerns, and actually, funny enough, it happened right back in March, I started to think about classrooms that do not have sinks. So in my, you know, couple decades worth of work, I've worked in classrooms that have had faucets and like running water and soap and classrooms that haven't. And I currently work in a room that doesn't. And that's actually kind of concerning to me because I think about, you know, the amount of times that I have been, you know, spit on, you know, when a kid sneezes or just coughs, you know, just, you know, just, it just happens. It's accidents, nothing on purpose. And the first thing I want to go do is wash my hands, wash my arms, wash whatever, you know, grossness is on me <laughs> and wash it off. But frankly, you know, going to that bottle of disinfectant isn't going to cut it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make me feel clean. No. It doesn't make me feel safe. And now I'm in a classroom and I can't leave because I can't leave my students. Absolutely. And I now have to wash myself. So it was funny because when I first brought this up in March, I was, I remember specifically, I can't even remember what was on the TV, but I was sitting in front of the TV binge watching something. I, I want to imagine that it was like, I don't even know what it was. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I, March seems so long ago. Anyway, uh, I remember going, that was my first thought. I remember that specifically being my first thought, how do I wash my hands? And so I started thinking of like this basin idea that kind of has like a water cooler attached to it. And so I started to Google the ideas to realize somebody already has solved this idea, solved this problem. Good on them. I know. So part of me is thinking like, how do I bring that into my classroom? And, you know, is that even my responsibility? But I guess it kind of is. And not to mention the news and most government officials have said sanitizer is great, but washing your hands for a minimum of 20 seconds, I prefer to go to at least 30, is much better than sanitizer. Yeah, and, and, and then that made me even think like, you know, some schools I've worked in, I've been lucky enough to work on the same floor as the students' bathroom. So that, you know, the kids zip in and out really quickly. But I've been in other schools where the bathroom is on, you know, a floor above or a floor below. And yeah. to send the kids out to go use it on a frequent basis, I mean, that's all time out of the classroom. And that's significant learning time that they're out. Yes. Absolutely. And yeah. And if I'm constantly having to send kids. So at the moment, I still haven't problem solved this hundred percent, but at the moment, what I'm, I am thinking of is some type of um, almost like a water cooler that dumps into a slot bucket of sorts yeah. that then I guess becomes a part of our our jobs is to, you know, somebody at the end of the day or when it's a little bit I don't know if it's me or if it becomes, you know, 
one of the students' jobs or whatnot, but the slot bucket gets emptied. But that's kind of where I'm at now. Like that's where I'm thinking. Yeah. And you're, it's the, how do I innovate this? Because it's not like somebody can necessarily walk in the door and be like, this is the answer to your problem. And we're going to throw money at your problem because life doesn't work like that. No, not at all. And, and even if, and even if there was, and there are lots of ways to solve this because you could even tap into plumbing because like those sinks, like the porta potty sinks that, or the sinks that go with the porta potties, right? They just tap into regular plumbing. No, actually, I think they have their own water tanks. Oh, and who's going to fill that up? Who's going to keep it clean? You need to call Elon Musk and have the space age moment on it. That's true. That's true. But I was just even thinking like if you could even tap into a water line, yeah. but there's, if there was already a water line in my classroom, I'm sure I would already have a sink. So that, that is far too logical of you. Right. I know. I know. So that's, that's kind of where I am at now. I'm just trying to take one problem at a time and solve it out. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. Well, I've been thinking something along the lines. I'm like, I am super fortunate to have a sink in my room. Um, and it's a regular use thing. But I have really small kids in my classroom. And their personal hygiene at the most optimal of times is questionable. There are far too many fingers up people's noses uh, for anybody's liking. And so one of the things that I'm thinking is, how do I manage that personal hygiene part? Like while I'm still trying to maintain classroom routine and quality teaching practice and everything else that's required. Yeah, but Shanna, aren't you just going to teach them? Like you'll, you'll just teach them, right? Like you'll just say like, this is how long we wash our hands. You're going to sing to this song. Like it's just teaching strategies, right? Yeah, it's totally teaching strategies, but I'm thinking about teaching strategies to implement to make it the best. So like one of the things I was thinking of is, how do we reinforce this? How do we do like checks and balances for everybody? Cause I want that minimum 20 seconds for their health and my health. So one of the things that I was thinking of, do you remember the days when we had like these old Big Mac push button things where you put push it and a sound, like you could record a sound for anywhere up to two minutes. Oh yeah. Kind of like that uh, staples button that you press it now and said, this was easy. That, that exactly. thing. Exactly. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a little more technologically advanced, and it doesn't say that was easy, but you could record anything. You could record, I remember when um, the pandemic first started, everybody said, sing happy birthday. And then I realized that happy birthday is various lengths, depending on who's singing it. So um, I was thinking of recording something that was the minimum of 20 seconds where a student could like use their elbow and um, they could turn it on and it would play for the minimum time and then it would help them and help me feel a little bit better because they were getting that and it beca- we just building it into the routine, trying to be innovative. And so, then the second thought I had was, where's a Big Mac? Or something oh, you can still like, get Big Macs. Yeah. So I'm going to go start and looking in closets. We've got it. Why yeah. not go and see, it might can be considered slightly outdated because people would say we have iPads and whatnot, but I don't want an iPad near water. Thank you. No. Well, what I would like to know, Shanna, is that how many times do you, will you listen to Twinkle Twinkle Little Star before it'll drive you nuts? This is what I liked about the Big Mac. I can change the song and I can have right. kids sing it. So it's that student engagement because it's their input into what they're doing. And it helps with student voice because they're part of their learning. 
I love that idea using the Big Mac as a way to create like a 30 second song for them to wash their hands to. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and I like that also that it doesn't need to be my voice because I don't feel like torturing them. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I guess you're, I know what you're going to be doing the last week of August is searching cupboards in your school, trying to find one somewhere. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We'll see what amazing uh, presents or gifts I find. So one of the other things that I've been thinking about is how I organize my classroom and how I might have to reorganize things. So one of the things, or one of my strategies for my own convenience as well as kids is putting uh, books and items organized into bins. So for example, I'll put all the history books in the history bin, all the science books in the science bin, all the math books in the math bins, like they're notebooks. And this way when I'm going home, I just grab the bin and know that everybody's, you know, math book is in there. I take the whole bin home with me and mark it at home. And then I go back to school and you know disperse it in the mornings for the day and you know the cycle continues on and on and on well you're and trying now, to get timely feedback because you're awesome thank you <laughs> um it, but what i'm kind of wondering about now is how that is going to work on number levels so number one everybody going in and out of the bin same bin yeah number two bringing bins and books home that have been touched by all 30 of my students. And potentially could have been at their home. Right, and could have had it their home. Yeah. Um, and just how that might work. And, and I know I could go online, and you know me, Shanna, I've been, you know, working with online. Um, learning forever. Learning for about, yeah, 15 years or so. So I'm, I'm very comfortable on a computer, but I've got to say, you know, there is still something about everybody being or writing in a notebook. So number one, I don't have enough computers for everybody in the classroom. Fair so, so number one, I can't do that. Number two is I'm a strong believer in building fine motor skills and practicing to write builds those fine motor skills. And I believe that that's a really important because as much as we want to move our kids towards technology until we can afford to put a device in everyone's hand you know tests assignments etc are still being written down and so kids need to that practice of committing you know ideas using pen and paper and some so, kids are better with pen and paper it's their jam yeah um, so this is what I'm, I'm kind of starting to wonder is, you know, the two, three hours of marking that I normally bring home and do, you know, because I want to rejuvenate before I mark. So I'm at my best when I'm providing students with effective feedback. Oh, you're so, really awesome. Thank you. So... I'm just wondering, you know, like, do I push myself to stay at school longer knowing that I might not be giving of my best self or do I take the risk and, and bring those items home? Uh, is there a spray that I can do on? I'm just really not sure, but I think at the moment, if I was to innovate this, I'm thinking that I would almost maybe go in a cycle. So maybe like a third of the books come home and then two thirds are done on computer. 
Um, and then again, you know, the next day, another third comes in from another uh, lot of kids and then, you know, two thirds are on the computer. I'm really, I'm not quite sure how to innovate this one out. I know I'm not willing to do a hundred percent on the computer. Yeah. I just don't feel as a society we're quite there yet. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'm kind of, kind of thinking. And the other reason why I'm not a fan of a hundred percent online because the way many of the learning management systems are created on like, so what a learning management system is a program that, um, and there's many programs out there that organize um, assignments, schedules. So like Google Classroom, Brightspace, Moodle, all that type of stuff. Those are learning management systems. Yeah. And they all operate very, very differently and there's pros and cons to all of them but the biggest um my biggest issue with all of them is the ability for kids to give each other feedback and to see the feedback we're giving and we're still not evolved like you'll know shannon you've seen me like i do video feedback for my students i you know i really try to make it as really interactive i try to share it as much as like i try to share one assignment with other kids so that they're learning from other students online as well but we're just not a hundred percent there yet yeah so there's gonna be an awful lot of innovating through all this to figure out how to create new practices around our safety it's never been as important as it has been yeah what's your last uh thing you're working on so the other thing that has been sort of being in kindergarten and how tactile kindergarten is for the learning and just because it's a play-based what about the touching and the germs and the factor that happens pre-pandemic it happens but now we've got to address it at a level that's so much more it's it's so much more critical than it used to be let's just be honest here kindergarten is gross <laughs> they're adorable but they're gross yes that, that that is true um i don't know how many times a day i'd say please get your finger out of insert answer here um so one of the things i've seen this online and i was like this is fantastic again with the innovating and the sharing between among teachers it's just blown me away um there they, we i saw somebody had a yuck bin and I thought, well, yeah, that is yuck. That's disgusting. That's gross. And it's things or items that a student has touched and it can go into this bin and then it needs to be sanitized, washed, whatever process um, is going to be needed because we're still going to be getting guidelines from our individual school boards saying what processes need to be followed. And I would like to follow them for everybody's safety. Um, and so having this space where you know, you've touched this, you can't put it back because let's make sure that we're not sharing things. And I was even thinking of a way to teach this and to set up a strategy is put like, um, I don't know, even some um, paint on it and pass things around so they can see how germs stick to toys. So they'll know how critical it is that they actually put it in the yuck bin so that we're not sharing germs. And I mean, hands-on learning is so informative and you know at that age seeing is exactly what needs to go on um i remember actually i was a camp counselor for a summer and there was a nurse who put glitter on us 
Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah, and so by the end of the day, it was like who had all their glitter gone, and um, it was actually the boys who had loads of glitter everywhere and like on their clothes everywhere, and the girls were a little bit less. But that's a really visual way of doing it, and it will. You know, it's also making these new practices of safety a norm, so that students don't feel like disgusted and grossed out. And it just becomes part of their regular learning and regular everyday routine. And that brings to mind, I think you just kind of touched on it, but I'm going to actually say the word decluttering our classrooms. Like, Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. Like the reality is, is I'm pretty strategic with what's in my room in general. Like I will move things in and out just so that it's, so that I'm not overloading my students. I keep it quite clean yeah. and quite streamlined, but I'm starting to wonder if I'm going to need to streamline even more. And yes, you've seen my classroom. More. It's like, oh, it's already very streamlined. At last year, I went from a classroom that was literally twice the size of my current classroom, but all my stuff had to come with me. And I wasn't, it was the first time I'd taught kindergarten in a really long time. So I couldn't remember what I needed the way I needed it. And so I had before this realized I needed to yank out a whole bunch of stuff, but this is just that one more initiative to get things going. Kind of like, <laughs> I can't believe the amount of people who are decluttering their homes during this time, but you got to do the same thing with your classroom. Yeah. Decluttering your classroom is going to be huge. Absolutely. Huge. didn't even think about that till right now. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a lot of new thinking coming. Yeah. So, so. yeah. All right, I think we're uh, kind of near the end. Yeah, I think so too. I think this is a good uh, chat. We've got some good banter going back and on. So thank you everybody for joining us for today's uh, podcast. Thank you so much. It's uh, nice to have everybody joining us. Absolutely. Don't forget to subscribe to hear the next podcast that comes on and have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic night, depending on where you are in the world. Very good point. Bye.